Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today, I am joined by Vic. Vic, what's going on? Jake, what's up, man? Good to be back. Since you called this gathering, you, you felt, it felt like you had something you wanted to, uh, to bring up. So I'll let you kind yeah, of lead man. this. I did, man. This is um, a podcast coming kind of on the back end of my Australia experience. You know, I, I just thought it'd be cool to check in, kind of do another one of these just to mm-hmm. and recount some funny stories of, of Australia. Talk about your Lakers going from NBA champions to a playing <laughs> round, the draft, <laughs> the Bears getting Justin Fields. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, man. It's just electricity in the air over here. Well, we'll get to the Lakers last. Um, we'll get to our biased sports opinions towards the end of this. Let's, okay. uh, let's start with, with Australia, man, because it feels like just yesterday we were talking about, you know, what, what you were expecting going out there and what your hopes were for that journey. You know, where are you at with everything and, and what does it all mean to you looking back on it? I think now that I've had a lot of time, like kind of to myself, you know, being injured, you, you get to reflect or account on just a lot of stuff. I think this Australian experience has been really cool because it's given me another appreciation of the game of basketball. And, you know, with this podcast, 94 more, just how basketball can go and not just basketball, but sport can go kind of on a wide spectrum of things spiritually and life-wise. I just feel like being out here has just given me like a taste of a new culture, right? It's made me appreciate like basketball again, because being in the NBA was a dream come true. But then when you come to the NBL and play here, it takes you back to like the college thing, right? Like it's like family atmosphere. All the guys get along. They always want to hang out. It's more about the team game. And it's not as many of the like the flash. It's just about the game, right? Like you're not getting all the bells and whistles that you get in the NBA, but it's still enjoyable because the game is still good. And then you have that camaraderie and team aspect that Australia brings. I guess before I was hurt, like I enjoyed it. But I didn't really understand it as much right until I was hurt and my team teammates are on the road and I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm like, damn, I really do miss these dudes. Right. And it's like I've only known them for four or five months or whatever. But my Australian experience would not be the same without my teammates. Yeah. How how does that compare to, you know, I I know you have some really good relationships with former teammates from Mm -hmm. uh, college or from your experience in the NBA. Uh, how does that compare and what do you think is so unique about this experience versus those? For starters, like just being in Australia or being internationally playing basketball, 
a lot of times imports are just seen kind of as commodities or, or I, I don't want to sa- make it sound so like objectifying, but you know, you're and, coming and in for. When you say imports, you mean American players who from the yeah. NBA that are then brought over to the NBA. Or just anywhere like Americans that are just brought over to a foreign country or foreign to them. And they're mm-hmm. playing, you know, in this country. And usually it's on a one-year deal. And the team, if you're with that team for a long time, and you're an, a local player. You see these guys, these imports coming in, like just different ones every year. So, you, like a lot of times, like I can, I can kind of like just envision, right? Like maybe you don't want to get attached because you know in another mm-hmm. eight months you're going to get a new teammate that's from wherever. And I had just appreciated like how welcoming and just transparent the whole the team has been. Like they've just been super cool and, and have really helped the process be more comfortable for me coming over here, right? Like I've I've never been to Australia. For a kid like me coming from Chicago to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'll get to visit and live in Australia, right? Like, that's not like a, that's like a pipe dream almost. Like, not mm-hmm. a lot of people get to say, like, I've been to Australia, let alone I've lived here for a little, little bit amount of time. So, you know, I got to see a kangaroo, like all this stuff, like, it, it's just <laughs> so great, right? And my experience. I've never seen a kangaroo. Been, I've never seen a kangaroo. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen a kangaroo, a wombat. <laughs> a bat hit my window last night like like when would I, a guy from Kip from the south side of chicago just think like uh, a freaking bat would slam into my window yeah that, that's and these like things are huge experience. too they're like the size of a football like, you know they're not like I, I don't even know what americans think like bats look like but they're big i would um, think it was like a little tiny thing yeah no they're the body <laughs> of it's like this big <laughs> a chihuahua it's like a chihuahua yeah. flying at your window <laughs> and um so, so the experience just could have been like really like uh, distant for me just because it could have just been basketball and then Australia, right? But my teammates mm-hmm. have just made it so inherently welcoming. Like they just want to get to know me, to like, like you know, bring me into their homes, have dinner. Yeah. Um, and just like celebrate this time we have together. And the NBA is great, right? Like NBA has a ton of great stuff. But I would say that like the, the wholehearted camaraderie aspect is not the same in the NBA. And that's fine. Like the NBA has its own mm-hmm. benefits and perks, but I would say like the the day to day interactions of always wanting to hang with your teammates or feeling like that college brotherhood isn't always the same because the like the the back and forth movement of players, the business side of the NBA doesn't really always allow for that, right? And I would say that although I'm still really cool with a lot of my teammates from the NBA and from America, it is just a different feel when I'm in Australia. Like I love my American teammates, like the guys who I've made those relationships with, but being here is just different right now. I have a different appreciation for them because of how opening they've been. So how, how do you think that's going to affect you moving forward? You know, once you do get through this rehab process and, you know, you, you have all this time to reflect off the court, where do you think that's going to take you for your next step in your journey? Right, man. I think, I think this uh, could very well be a blessing in disguise, you know, I did get to play a ton of games, and uh, now that I actually am hurt, I get to take a step back and rewatch the game, right? Watch film, watch what's going on in games, and, like actually dissecting what's happening again, right? Like, then mm-hmm. I got hurt in college, and then my next season was even better because it sparked something in me, right? Like, it just sparked like a whole nother. I can't wait to play again, right? And coming off a year of COVID, when no one knew what was going to happen, no one kind of had their their regular routine or schedule regimen that that makes an offseason so powerful this year is just funky right and now that I'll have like a true offseason where I can just attack rehab 
And then as soon as I get back on the court, go to the court, like it'll allow me to mentally recharge, refresh, and then whatever opportunity I'm going into next year, I'm going to attack. But on top of that, like with the team aspect of this game, I think wherever I go, whether it be the NBA, international, like wherever, in a, in a like real life job, like whatever, whatever it may be, I'm going to take this like put my arm around someone's shoulder mentality wherever I go, right? Because I think it makes it so much better for everyone. And it just allows those players to to get yeah. outside their box, get a little bit more uncomfortable and feel like, you know, they're welcome when they have guys that are willing to do that, right? And mm-hmm. no matter what position I may come in, whether I'm like an international guy, a max player, like whatever it is, I still want to be able to, to help guys and like just mm-hmm. still be down to earth and say, you know, if you need help or you need a ride to the airport yeah. or whatever, like I can call you. me. I, yeah. I can get you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and I feel like like having that like relationship, like comfortability with your teammates is a huge factor. You know, I think that's a really unique point because you're one of those guys that's been through a lot in mm-hmm. a short amount of time, right? Through your college experience, that past year in the NBA and now a year right. in the NBL, you know, talking about over the last seven years, right? That's a lot of life experience. You've For traveled, sure. you've been hurt, you've you know, had the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows, you know, not getting drafted, but then working your way up to an NBA roster. You, you've right. seen everything and you've seen those guys that don't go out of their way. Those guys that maybe, you know, didn't necessarily give you the time of the day, time of day or, or take, you know, a moment out of their day just to, to give you acknowledgement. And, and so right. you probably, you know, you know the value. Of it. Mm-hmm. You know how much that would mean to a young player or somebody that's coming up or somebody that, needs that guidance and i think that's right. a really unique perspective to have on it to be you know you're still young you're still 25 you know older than me but you're only 25 right. i mean, I mean and, it's uh, like 25.2 yeah it's not that's neither here nor there we, we can get but you have <laughs> but you have the opportunity you know to now become one of those guys mm-hmm. to be one of those guys where like you said wherever you go um you know in whatever you find in life whatever your path is whatever your success is you'll always remember this journey and you'll take that time to go out of your way to be right. that, you know, be that person, that crutch for somebody that needs it or just offer up, you know, a moment of time for that person. So I think that's a very special place to be in. I mean, Jake, it's crazy. I'm about to go into year three of being a professional athlete. I remember, like, I feel like if I close my eyes, I remember, like, yesterday we were in Vegas for summer league. You know what I mean? Like, and that was like the first experience of like pro stuff, right? Take the workouts aside, but like just yeah, pro basketball when I'm finally on a team playing, right? Me and you were in summer league. And it's crazy to think like just yesterday, now I'm I'm almost in my third year of of being pro, right? Like it it just happened so quick. And so it's important to like really cherish this time Cause I've, I've had countless conversations with my family and friends. Like, you know, these days just feel super long. Like they're like going by so slow. Like I, like I want to get home. Like, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying my experience, but like I miss home, like all this stuff. And then I have to snap myself out of it and think like, when would like, you know, you never know what tomorrow yeah. holds or like what, what you never know, like what kind of experiences you might have later. And like Australia is beautiful. Like all the stuff that I've, I've gotten to see out here. Right. is just incredible like I I couldn't like I can describe it to my friends but I can't like physically say like this is the feeling you get when you finally get to Australia right this is the feeling you'll have when you're in an apartment by yourself and you don't know anyone 
right? Like it, it just, it's a lot like, and I'm so thankful that I've gotten to mature and like just have so much time to myself to really like learn more about myself and just like about life, right? Because like I said, going from being an idiot rookie in Vegas in summer league to now being a professional basketball player in Australia on a team that's, that's winning and moving forward is like, it's, it's just something completely different. And I, I feel like, just through my different life experiences, I, I was more ready than ever when I finally did come over here. Yeah. I mean, shit, I just kind of was going through the last three years. You know, it, it is crazy uh, how fast things go. And it is right. super important, you know, like you're saying, to kind of stay in the moment. And you never know when you're going to be in Australia again. You don't know where you're going to be next year. You have no clue. So it is important to make sure you cherish that. Um, you know, as when do you leave, by the way, when do you come back uh, to the States? The first week of June. So it's any day so between June 1st and the 5th. Three weeks. Three mm-hmm. weeks. That's right, man. Cherish those three weeks. Right like here. You really don't yeah. know. And then you're going to be back in Chicago. You're going to be back in your home. And it's going to feel also, you know, you're going to snap back into that routine again. And you're going to get right. back at, once you're back into rehab and you're getting back on the court. This is going to seem like a long time ago. Yeah. But I think it's important, right? All the reflection all the challenges, everything you've gone through up until this point, it's important that that stays present in your mind um, for this next chapter, whatever it might be. So let me ask you, what have you, um, since being in, in the business, uh, working with Bristol, kind of coming from <laughs> NYU, what, yeah. what have you learned from Jake just getting out of NYU, going back to LA to now Jake now, um, being one of the heads of Bristol Studio and up and coming, like very popular yeah. new brand, Bristol Studio? Ah, you know, some of this the other day with somebody, uh, I think one of the scariest things that I remember when I was coming out of college or even when I was just, I had internships or whatever it was, you know, I was so afraid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to mess up. And I think one of the biggest learnings I've had is you're going to mess up. Right. It's not, you can't control everything. It's not going to go how you want it to go. Um, you can do your best. You can absolutely try your best and try harder and harder, but still at the end of the day, like some things are out of your control and some things are going to happen. And what it's really about is how you respond, what you do when you mess up. Um, Do you fix it? Do you, do you just complain about it? Do you say the world is stacked against me or do you say, Hey, I'm actually in control and I can do better moving forward. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned because I've been thrown into the fire and forced to tackle things that I have no idea how to tackle, mm-hmm. but you got to figure it out. You got to be resourceful. Right. Um, you have to not be afraid to make mistakes with real life consequences. You, know, you have to hope they're not so bad. <laughs> um, but if you're so afraid to make mistakes, you'll never actually do anything. But you know, what's great you know. about that and about Bristol is that even though you are thrown into those situations, you have a support group around you mm-hmm. with Rashad, with Luke, with Masai, yeah. who are like supportive through those mistakes, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah. no one knows what the hell they're doing anyway. Like, right. Everyone kind of fakes it till they Literally. make it. Literally. Right. And, and if you have like, if you have that fear, like, ah, I'm going to mess up, but there's the, the guy next to you is like, Hey, Jake, it's all right. I don't know what I'm doing. Either. We're kind of like figuring this <laughs> out together. It gives yeah. you like this sense of like, all right, like I can take a deep breath now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not alone in this type yeah. of thing. And I feel like it allows you to be more confident to take those risks and to to mm-hmm. go through this process of life, feeling like you know I've got a good team around me. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. We we actually call ourselves the four idiots. 
you know, whenever, wherever we have meetings, whenever we meet someone new, we're just like, oh yeah, we're just four idiots running around, you know, just the four idiots because, you know, we realize like we take this stuff seriously and every day we, you know, we're doing so many things. We get so caught up that sometimes it's important to remind ourselves like, yeah, we're just four idiots trying to figure this out. You know, we're just trying to figure life out. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's no blueprint for this. Like you think yeah. you know what you're doing, but at the end of the day, like, it's impossible. It's impossible yeah. to fully know what you're doing in this space. Yeah. So, um, you know, we just take it one day at a time and, and, you know, some days you do take it too seriously. Some days, you mm-hmm. know, it does, the tensions do arise and, and you get into it. But like you said, you know, knowing we're all on the same page, we're all just trying to make something happen. We're all just trying to, you know, make our dream come true um, and build something that is unique and, and you know, creates a legacy for all of us. Now, that's why we're in it. And that's what drives us. So it's right. important to always, you know, be there for each other. And it's kind of like what you're talking about with the teammates, the camaraderie that, you know, you're speaking on, you know, we're very lucky to be able to have that. And we've all bought in. So mm-hmm. we're not, we're not afraid that, all right, you know, one of us is going to get, go to another team and go play for a different, you know, competitor or this or that. Like, we know we're here. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we have that. We have the ability to lean on each other, um, you know, Hey, this is what's going on in my personal life. Just need you guys to know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a tough place right now. And it's, Hey, you know what? We got you next time. Call me. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't wait. Call me. You can always yeah. call me, you know, anything going on. That's, that's first business. That's like fourth, right? Personal, your life, your mental health. That's first. And when you operate, when we operate in that space, we can't lose. That's a winning yeah. formula to, to always be able to check in with one another Mm-hmm. Uh, on some real shit when something goes down rather than what a lot of people try to do is act yeah. like there aren't you're not hurting or you're um, not going yeah. through something and at these bigger companies you know you can feel neglected and feel like people yeah. don't actually care about your feelings and that can fester and, and boil up and at the end of the day like that's just not a, a winning environment to be in so we've really cultivated that uh, yeah you know in our space and, and in our team well i mean 94 or more listeners. I'm, I'm super happy you guys got the, the serious lesson of the day uh, from me and Jake. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to switch up. it up. <laughs> yeah, give, us some funny, give us some funny stories. I'm going to switch Give it us up. some funny stories from Australia. Literally the other day, guys, uh, me and uh, BJ riding around Brisbane, you know, um, just enjoying the day. Teammate, your teammate from yeah, BJ Johnson. Uh, Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Just riding around, you know, showing them Australia, showing them some new, new restaurants, shops. We uh, ended up at this kind of bar restaurant called uh, the Canvas Club. I think, uh, yeah, Canvas Club. And um, we're in there. We sit down, get get some eats. Um, I think calamari and, and wings. You know, we're just sitting laughing, joking. And we're like, oh, do you want a drink? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, I'll get a drink. You know, I'm never one to say I want yeah, yeah, one drink. Of yeah, just of chilling, course. relaxing, right. Just one. So we're flipping through the, I'm flipping through the book, right? And there's a drink catching my eye, Death in Paris. Something like, oh, that's a cool name right i mean in hindsight like it probably isn't like the best name i, yeah. I don't know why but like, it's, always... it spoke to you yeah yeah right then right and so it's, it's like it, in it is like sherbet some juice some other juices tasmanian champagne and absinthe right okay and, yep and since like the beginning of like me like first started drinking when i was 21 um absence was always like like this it was like moonshine right it's like this kind of like un, like unknown yeah, yeah. kind of dangerous liquor that's like 
is it banned? Like, can you have it type thing? The only thing I had known about absinthe is that it make, makes you hallucinate, right? So I'm thinking, Not like, really, there's yeah. no way this bar in Australia at 4 p.m. is selling a drink that's going to make you hallucinate. So, of course, I jump on it. I'm like, yeah, give me one of these. Yeah, right? what's it going to do? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to tell so the listeners the, the definition of what is absinthe, right? Absinthe, the plant, a.k.a. common wormwood. <laughs> is there is a myth of hallucination which was widely spread by Henry du de Toulouse and other famous absinthe imbibers during the late 1800s. All those artists were drinking absinthe where they were doing way too much other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Google. That's the Google. If you type in... They were what doing is way absinthe. too much other stuff. I love <laughs> if you type that. In what is absinthe? That's what's coming yeah. up, right? So yeah. I'm thinking like, yeah, like, let me try it, right? So he brings it out. It's it's in like a champagne glass, so it's not that much. But I paid for a mixed drink, so I'm thinking like, it must be strong as hell if it's in a champagne glass, right? Or they're just ripping you off. Yeah, so I take my first sip of it. Uh, Okay, okay, it's it's smooth, but I definitely taste something. Something is trying to knee me in the (laughs) chest on the back end of this drink. (laughs) Right. So I take two more sips and, and my friend BJ is like, hey, you know, how does it taste? Because he's thinking about getting one. And I'm like, yeah, like you this is there's definitely absinthe in this. Yeah, I've never had it. Something but if, if I had to imagine what absinthe tastes like, this is it. And so mm-hmm. I tell him, like, you got to get it. So he orders one and he sips it. And as soon as he sips it, it's as if some, it's, it's the face on one of those uh, like sour lemon drop candy. Yeah. Yeah. Like one, one of those. <laughs> yep. Eyebrows we're, raised, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're laughing and joking, and we're like, if we drank three of these, like we're I'm betting my yeah. like you know, I, I I'm done for the night. Like I, I'm not going out. It's probably gonna end up me watching Netflix on the You're couch. crawling home from the bar. <laughs> yeah. So um we get into an argument, right? Like we go back and forth telling funny stories. We get into an argument, like, what do you think four like four grown men, right? If we're just chilling, could buy a bottle of absinthe and finish it. And be okay, right? Like a fifth of it. It's like a 750 milliliter bottle, like a standard bottle yeah, yeah. Of, that you would buy. If we're I making mixed drinks and stuff and taking shots, can we finish a bottle between four people, right? If all four of us drink the same amount, can we finish it? And, and BJ's like, yeah, like I think, yeah, we'd be all right. We'd be like good after, like, you know, we wouldn't drink anything else at night. But I think we'd be all right. We still go out and stuff. And I'm like, nah, nah, I think, I think we'd be out for the count, man. <laughs> He might he's, be. Like, I, he's like, nah, but he's like, I don't think so. So the waiter comes over and he gets in the argument. He's like, ah, depends, right? Because absinthe ranges from 45% to 76% mm-hmm. alcohol. He's mm-hmm. like, it depends on which one you get. Like, are you getting That's the 45 true. or are you getting the, the 18th century knock you yeah. on your ass? One would one. <laughs> don't and forget like, that with the other stuff. Yeah, I'm like, well, clearly we're doing the, the 50 to 60. You know, we're not killing ourselves. We're not doing the, mm-hmm. the juice. So I'm like, we do the 50%. He's like, I don't know. So me and BJ continue laughing. The guy just leaves. He comes back with two bottles of absinthe. And he's like, here's one that's 50. Here's one that's like 55, 57%, right? And so he's like, he brings out glasses. He's like, I'm going to let you guys taste them. Like, you know, like, like not, not a full shot, but like. Yeah. Like a sip it. Mm, little sip. Maybe, maybe a third of a shot, right? He's like, here, I'll let mm-hmm. you taste both of them. So, and, and mind you, we still have not finished our mixed drinks. So we, we do the 50% one, right? And the 50% one was like Australian absinthe made there, like, because it's not banned in Australia. 
take that. It was like a Chuck Norris roundhouse kick to the face. Take it. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. He's like, okay, we have another one that's made in New Orleans, but they take out some of the stuff like the like I, I feel like some of the plant stuff that really does make absinthe, but it's still like it's the same yeah. ingredients type thing, right? But to get it from being banned in America, they have to take stuff out. He's like, here's this one, and it's fifty five percent. Or is it to us? And that one's smoother, right? So we're like, oh, well, it's horrible. Still, like you know, I'm not saying like it's like right. a, a cup of water, but <laughs> it was smoother than the other one. Like the Australian one, definitely. The Australian one had me thinking like wormwood was in my face. But um, so like we're like, ah, yeah, like, yeah, all right, that's enough. Like, I don't, give me <laughs> a gallon of water now. And you know, we're finished our food. And we're like, all right, I think we need to sit here, chill for like 20 minutes. Let, you know, let it like run its course, you know, whatever. So we can go home. But we live three minutes down the street. So this is our, I could tell you like how bad the absence was. We finish our drinks, like, like, try to, like, skull the, the little champagne glass. Yeah. Finish it. Get back. You know, I'm feeling all right. Get back. And I'm driving. And I swear to you, a bus turned out into the road. It wasn't his turn. He just kind of, like, flew out. And I'm, like, tripping. I'm, like, yo, yo, I think I might need to pull over inside the road. We might just have to walk back. If people <laughs> are driving like this, I don't know, man. Is everyone <laughs> drinking absinthe? You know, I'm thinking, like, is everyone drinking absinthe tonight? What's going on? And so we get home. I I went to bed. We got back at like six. At eight fifteen, I was laying face down on my couch with a wet towel in the back of my neck because I was just I was, <laughs> I was like I've never felt like this in my life. Oh my god, never in my life would I think a mixed drink and a shot would have me like out of commission for what felt like months. Like even today, I still feel kind of. This was three days ago. I still feel kind of like the effects of the absence. So now you know. Now yeah, you man, know. I, I've conquered it. I don't think I need to try it again. You know, I don't think, like, hey, Vic, I don't you, think wanna... you conquered it. I don't Jake, think you conquered if it. Someone, if someone says, Vic, you want to try absinthe? I'm like, ah, you know, I, you know I, I've i had it. that I'm phase done. in my life. You know, I've, I've no. I had my absinthe phase. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. There's anymore. an important distinction to be made, though. You didn't conquer the absinthe. I did, though. Seems like it conquered you. Everyone in college has that, like, $6 fifth of vodka Bombay phase where you just are, like, drinking anything, right? And you're, right. You, you know, you, you do that and you're done. I had my absent phase. Was it shorter than the others? Maybe, but I had it. All right. I conquered it. <laughs> what I can say is you've never had absinthe. I know that. That's not, so. that. I think I did once in Paris, but all right, fair enough. So <laughs> now I oh, now I have to enter an absinthe phase yep. so that we can compare notes and we can What'd see you what you think really of it happened. when you had it. I don't, I don't really remember. I, I think yeah, it was like a don't. watered down version of it. Man, I don't think there it you was go. like. He blacked no, out off one drink of no, absinthe. I don't think it was a real. <laughs> like real absinthe i think it was some watered down version because um, nothing like what you're describing happened so maybe they gave you the 45 percent. i don't know and they gave you i don't know what it was i don't know what it was i was on we'll that vincent to... van gogh absence yeah so we're saying. gonna have to check that out we have to go to australia and see what's going on yeah get some australian absinthe they'll give it they'll give you the 18th century one i'll tell you go to the canvas <laughs> club they'll give it to you <laughs> well it's safe to say that you're done with absinthe for the rest of your time in australia yeah i've conquered it yeah i've, I've done that i've beat so, that boss so now that you're heading back to Chicago, are you going to buy your Justin Fields jersey as soon as you touch down? Are you going to go to the Here's store the thing, and get one? Or are you fans, order it? I've ordered one already. You've already ordered one? Ordered it already. So it's on the way. Mm. The moment the Bears traded up for that pick, I FaceTimed my father and patiently waited those, those couple of minutes. And they said, Justin Fields, I almost cried. I've said it once. 
but didn't really mean it. But I'll say it again. The Bears are back. The Bears are so goddamn back. The city of Chicago is going to be wild this fall, and I wish I could stay and watch it. I'm going to a preseason game. I'm going to watch them. Like, I'm going to turn into, like, a football analyst now. Like, I'm watching the Bears. I can't wait. I'm stoked for it. Defense is getting upgraded. Our offensive line is getting better. Justin Fields not going to start the season, but I'm sure at some point, you know, maybe they put him in. They don't, you know, they don't trade up again, right? This is like their, yeah. I feel like, pace and Nagy's last chance to to try and get it right. Um, and I think they they did. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Jake. That draft yeah. was one of the better moments of my year. I know you are. And I honestly hope for your sake that the Bears are successful next year. I really I mean, they do. Stuff. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah, but you had Maserati Mitch. So it I... doesn't mean anything. We made the playoffs. <laughs> He's a playoff quarterback. You guys got rid of your quarterback. I would. Okay, that's fine with me. I was never <laughs> sold on my quarterback. Um, and you knew that from the jump. I told you I was never sold on. Here's the question. Though. Are you really a fan of your team if you're not sold on your quarterback? You almost have to I'm a fan of, of my sold. team. I, w- I want him to succeed. Do I think he's our our future quarterback? No, because I'm realistic. I mean, he's got to be while you got him. But I'm realistic that the guy is missing a couple of things that are pretty glaring. You can see it when he played. When you miss wide open receivers on 10-yard outs and you're a sick, sick quarterback with a big arm and you throw you throw duds five yards short you when go, no one's guarding go, and you're not rushed. Here's, here's Jake Finster, Tuesday night quarterback. No. I, Is it Monday night quarterback? The, what am I, I talking know, about? Am I wrong? I think no I'm, one knows. I have no <laughs> idea. But I'm just saying something stood out to me. Not that I – I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but did I think he's going to be the guy to go against Brady in the Super Bowl and win? No. Do I hope for I mean, it? I, yes. I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's right. I mean, is he going to be the guy that goes against Justin Fields when it matters? I mean, no, Tom Brady not. got his championship. No, I know. Now, I'm just saying, I'm saying I could tell I wasn't 100% in that this was I know you guy. weren't. It's clear you weren't 100% in. I know. That's all Fans like me who are 110% both No, in. no, 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 it's, no. It's clear, Jake. You were, you were out so quickly on the Bears season. You were shocked they made the playoffs. You were shocked. Yeah. (laughs) When I was at your house and we watched them beat the Lions, that's not true. You know, yeah, yeah. Perfect example. You thought that game was over and they came back and won it. I'm pretty sure I was more excited. Of course they came back and and won it. I said, turn the TV back on. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I said, turn the TV back on. Bears are back. (laughs) Got a noise complaint that day too. Now we have a recording of it. So go ahead and make your prediction for the Bears next year. Oof. I, I can't I can't make a prediction because Justin Fields isn't gonna start the season. He's gonna come in like who but knows how Andy Dalton, who knows how Dalton's bound. gonna play. Of course, not we'll, good. We'll, we'll make not good. Not good. He'll be out. What do you mean? Andy Dalton. You never know. Team. Who knows? Like I'm not, I'm I'm also a professional athlete, so I'm never one to just just jump ship on a guy before he gets his opportunity. You never know. I've watched so, Andy Dalton. Yeah, I wow. haven't watched enough tape. You know what, Jake? This is gonna be, turn into like a like a like, a, like John a Gruden, film. yeah, yeah. Reviewing quarterbacks. Like a film breakdown podcast. We're gonna start breaking down film and tape on the podcast. Hey, you never know. Ninety-four and more. <laughs> Once we start getting on the more, it's the we'll, more. We'll get, we'll get the yellow lines. Yeah, we'll get the yellow lines. Up there. You see this? He's not Third hitting. Them. This is a read. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you know what. We won't we won't make any playoff predictions. We'll let it just we're gonna ride. make the playoffs. What are you talking? I already said we're in the playoffs. All right, so we're gonna play Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled in Green Bay. If the Bears are smart, we sign Aaron Rodgers. Right. I've never hated him, I've never liked him, but if he was a bear, I'd love him. I'm sure you would. 
All right. So lastly, before we get out of here. Yeah, the Lakers. Go the ahead and say what you want to say. I'm not go saying anything. Say. I just was asking a question. See, this you is have something, <laughs> you I have something you want to say. As an LA fan going from right. uh-huh. the championship to now being in the play-in, how does yeah. that make you feel as a fan? That's all I'm asking. It sounds like there's a little bit of something that you, you guys made some key holding. additions in the offseason. Your, your voice your changed. Injury, when you you're injury ridden. You're injury ridden, and you go from championship to now you're in the playing game. How does that make you feel as a as a Lakers fan? Frustrated, but yeah. I believe in the Lakers, and I believe right. I also think they're doing some slick shit right now. I think they're because LeBron tonight, LeBron and AD aren't playing again. Mm-hmm. I think my gut is telling me they want to slide into the play-in and play the Suns rather than play the Clippers first round as a six mm-hmm. seed versus a three seed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think they're doing, which I guess is smart. It's frustrating, but I think they're going to get it together. If AD's healthy and LeBron's healthy, I'm, I'll take our chances. Right, I think the uh, Lakers are great. Anybody. They're fully healthy. So I, you know, I bet on them to to win the to win the ship like a week ago. So we'll see what happens. Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done, but I I mean, you're a, a fan, man. You, you got to bet and, on the team, and I don't bet though. I don't bet, but I had a I had a weird feeling. So the Lakers play the Clippers in the first round. Who are you taking? Uh, Lakers, because I have to. But the last team I bet on like actually bet on, which I, again, I don't do was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. That was a good bet. There it is. You don't bet against greatness. So you're betting against, you're betting, betting for LeBron. Is he going to, is he going to be hundred percent healthy? I think it was wild when he came out with the statement, like I'll never be the same. I see, but he, I, he, he, he's, he's a PR genius. And I think he, He's not just saying that to say it. He's saying that to set something up. Like, no, I love LeBron, but you know that was what I'm just like, uh... no, but he's very careful with the things he says and, and does in the media. So I almost feel like that was to kind of give him a little bit of slack. Like in some ways, if he takes night off here or there, I, I don't know what it was, but I doesn't, I don't know if I like just trust it at face value for what, what he said. Who knows? All I'm saying is like one of LeBron's biggest, I love LeBron. One of his biggest things is like LeBron never gets hurt. LeBron's basically Iron Man. He plays. He's always healthy. He's, you know, whatever. And then he comes out with the statement, I'll never be the same. Like, obviously, it's like a – obviously, it was going to blow up, right? Because yeah, people have been calling LeBron, like, Superman yeah. since his first MVP. So, him saying Who knows, that, too. He could have also just had, like, a bad day of, you know, he could have been feeling bad and he just was, you know, upset. And they asked him some questions and he just – that was his response in the moment, too. You never know. Of course. I mean – I would also say don't bet against my man, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's killing it right now. Just made a game winner last night. He did. He did. Against uh, who are they playing? They played the Knicks. They were rolling. The game winner, yeah. Made the game winner. Anthony Davis had a key stop on Julius Randle for overtime. He did. And then Taylor seals the deal. Well, when this episode comes out, it'll be after the playing games. So we will see. All right, if I'm making my pick, if I have to, if I, I really never pick on NBA teams, um, just because, like, you know, I'm trying to get back in the NBA. But uh, if I had to pick a team, I'm saying the Chicago Bears in seven. Bears are back. Yeah, Love seeing you guys. That's, more see, more. that's how I know We're this out. episode's over. <laughs> All right, man. Well, next time we do this, we'll, you'll, I think you'll probably be, no, you'll still be in Australia. You'll still be in Australia. For sure. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. Be good, boss. Appreciate you. Take care.
This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.